0: Let's uh, turn and continue in 2 Peter. Continue in 2 Peter. I've been going through here for a couple of weeks now. Well, I guess a few weeks now. (laughs) 2 Peter and chapter 2. 2 Peter and chapter 2. And we'll read verses 4 through 9. 4 through 9 in 2 Peter chapter 2. So it says this, 2 Peter chapter 2 beginning in verse 4. Says, For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. "...and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds." Now verse 9, "...for the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished." Let's pray again, Father. Again, we thank you for your goodness and grace, and uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, Lord uh, what you are doing. Lord, thank you for answering our uh, prayers concerning uh, physical needs, concerning spiritual needs, uh, uh, those that have uh, been traveling, and uh, Lord, you know uh, the needs of every heart. Lord, we think of unspoken uh, prayer requests that have uh, been mentioned. I'm glad you know uh, those situations and ask you to, to move there, and uh, Lord, I'm glad that Lord uh, we can just turn everything over to you. Lord, I'm glad we have someone to bring the burdens of our heart and just, uh, Lord, not just our burdens, but even share the joys of life. Uh, Dear God, I'm so glad that you're with us on a moment-by-moment basis, Lord God. You walk with us and you talk with us, dear God. And, Lord, I'm so glad that we have you and that we have one another and that we have the Word of God. So, Lord, uh, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture. Uh, We pray, and our desire always is that Jesus Christ uh, would be glorified. And, Lord, you'd build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, of course, we've been uh, looking at these uh, verses. And, of course, uh, as we look through verses 4 through 8, we saw, of course, a couple of things there, that God knows how to judge or bring judgment against sin, right? And uh, that's clear. And also that God knows how to deliver His uh, 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 people, uh, whatever the situation is, I like that song says, he'll make a way. Amen. <laughs> he'll make a way. And uh, no doubt uh, he made a way for us concerning salvation. And how many times do you find yourself in a situation and you didn't know how it was going to turn out, but he made a way, didn't he? And, uh, and worked it out. And so uh, thank God the way's already been made for us to uh, uh, through eternity. And then of course, uh, verse 9 Sort of just uh, uh, states the truth of what uh, is illustrated in these other verses. Verse 9 says this, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So that verse says, The Lord knoweth, amen. Aren't you glad the Lord knows, amen, what's going on in your life, amen? And like that song says that we just sang and He cares what's going on in your life. And it says here, He knows how to deliver His people and then judge those that have rejected Him. That temptation, right? Adversity and affliction. Uh, He knows how to deliver us out of those things. So, amen. We're thankful, of course, for salvation. But, you know, uh, speaking of temptation, I'm thankful for salvation, I'm thankful for conviction and I'm thankful even for chastisement. Amen. Uh, if it's needed that God cares enough about us uh, to give, to give those things. Hebrews 12:11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So uh, God, no matter what it takes. He'll uh, work on us and He'll deliver us. And, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13, "...give a warning, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But here's, but God is faithful." who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also, here it is, make a way. He'll make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so, hey, as long as we're in this life, temptations are going to come our way. But remember, in that moment of temptation, right, you can make a choice. There's always a choice. In the moment of deciding and choosing, the best thing to do is seek the Lord for strength, and make the right choice. Now of course we've been promised that we're going to be delivered from uh, the tribulation, the great tribulation coming upon this world one day. We know that we're going to be delivered from that, but that doesn't necessarily mean deliverance from the troubles of the world in this day right we know we know we're even though some of them do seem great <laughs> as a man. Uh, this seemed pretty great I hate to be I'm glad I'm not going through that one right Because some of the things I have to I have gone through have been bad enough. Uh, But uh, listen, just because we know we're going to be okay in the end doesn't mean we may not go through some things in this day. But we have the assurance that He's going to deliver us. But then also it says the knowledge of God, that God is sovereign and knows all things. So thank God He's going to deliver us. But you know, we look out uh, in the world And it seems like, hey, you know, uh, the wicked seem to be getting away with everything. They just seem to be running rampant. Whatever they want to do out there seems like they're doing it. But what does the Bible tell us? Was it in Psalm 37? Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Listen, don't fret. It may seem like the wicked are getting away with things. But their day is coming. Hey, I'm sure Noah thought that. He said, man, I've been, I've been preaching for all these years. It doesn't seem like nothing's changing. It just seems like they're doing everything uh, that they've been doing when I started preaching, you know, 40 years ago and all that. And I'm sure Abraham thought that. I'm sure, you know, Lot, you know, maybe he thought that. He said, man, uh, uh, this is, you know, everything. They just seem to be getting away with everything. But listen, uh, their day's coming and they're going to be punished. We have that promise from the Word of God. Psalm 1, verses 5 and 6 says this, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Perish. You know, there's a great judgment day coming. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You know, I don't know why this came to my mind, but I was thinking about, you know, uh, uh, Hitler committed suicide because he didn't want to, you know, uh, face the judgment of the world courts. But listen, if he would have known what, what was on the other side of death, as soon as he pulled that trigger, he would have rather faced the world courts than what he was facing a few seconds later uh, when he pulled that, uh, that uh, trigger. But Isaiah 43, 2 says this. These are words of encouragement for the believer. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, now listen, you will pass through them, but he says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Now, that means they might not get a little high. Amen. <laughs> hey, they might get a little high sometimes, but they will not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burned, Amen. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So remember this: He who keeps the fire and water from hurting his people can use those same elements to destroy the enemies. And of course, we see an example of that, right? Uh, uh, When the uh, the children of Israel made it through the Red Sea, so hey, uh, they were delivered from the waters. But then those same waters that they were delivered from, right? Brought judgment upon their enemies. You see, over in Daniel, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They were God delivered them from the fire. But those same fires they were delivered from, God used uh, to judge those, Amen, uh, that had attacked them. And so, uh, listen, uh, God, He can He can do what He wants, what He wants with whatever He wants. But God sends destruction on the. When God sends destruction on the godly, He commands deliverance for the righteous. And so there must be judgment. Again, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, but reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And so we know that a great judgment is coming, and of course, we know why, because God's holy and He has to judge sin. Just like we, we, uh, when we read these verses, we said, hey, these false prophets, they have to be judged because He judged the, the old world, He judged Sodom and Gomorrah, He judged uh, the angels, so He's going to have to judge these false prophets. And if He judged those places, we know that hey, one day a great judgment is going to have to come upon America, and uh, in the end... Uh, the great uh, sin of the nations will have to be judged because our God is holy. And so the Bible speaks much about judgment. And of course, the most unbelievable judgment, right? We can see why He judged the angels, and we mentioned this before. We can see why He judged Sodom and Gomorrah. But again, the most unbelievable judgment of sin was when Christ bore the judgment of sin in His own body. Again, these verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews 2, 9 says this, But we see Jesus, what an amazing thing, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Boy, we're just talking about Hitler. That's amazing, isn't it? You think about uh, just in the last hundred years of people, you think about you know, Hitler, you think about Stalin who, who, I mean who killed more people than uh, Hitler did. I know Hitler gets all the notoriety for what he did to the Jews, but I mean Stalin killed what at least 25 million or so uh, of his uh, own people. And uh, uh, I saw a video the other day about, you know, some of the 10 uh, uh, most wicked people in history, and one of them was Pol Pot in Cambodia, killed a couple million. I mean, a small country like that, 25%, at least, of his own uh, population. I remember going through the uh, the killing fields there in Cambodia. I mean, you just saw skulls stacked up, stacked up. I mean, just stacked up on one another. You saw the trees where they used to take children, hold them by their feet, and and swing the children up against, I mean, just... Unbelievable when you read in history. Uh, I remember when I was in uh, 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 Germany, they have a they have a torture museum. I know that's pretty morbid. You think, oh, that's terrible. But yeah, of course your curiosity. You go in there, you just see the things that people used uh, during the medieval uh, times. Just unbelievable. And to think those people that used those things, that Jesus tasted death for. I mean, that's just that's just. I mean, uh, but we, we we have we just. Can't even begin to comprehend the grace and love and mercy of, of God. Think about that. If, if, if Hitler, instead of uh, shooting himself, would have come out, God, the God would have forgiven that. I mean, he wouldn't have faced some judgment in this life, but he definitely, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bin Laden and all those things. It's just, I mean, amazing. But the Bible says clearly God tasted death, Jesus, for every man. Isaiah 53, 6, and the Lord laid up him the iniquity of us all. And so Christ bore the judgment for our sin. But now, thank God we're saved. Thank God we're saved. We know what's going to happen in the end, but we still have to get through this life. So here's one thing we need to remember. Just because we've been delivered from the judgment, (laughs) the final judgment, doesn't mean that we're without responsibility, Doesn't mean we're without responsibility. We still have a responsibility uh, to the way we live our life here on earth before we get uh, to the other side. And so thank God that he, uh, Jesus, bore our final judgment for sin. But yet, you know, the Bible tells us that there's supposed to be judgment here on earth. And that, you know, the Bible uh, calls upon us to judge ourselves as believers, to check up on ourselves amen, to evaluate ourselves and give an update on ourselves about, you know, how things are going in our life and if we're living the way that we're supposed to. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 again, verses 31 and 32 say this, 1 Corinthians 11 verses 31 and 32 say this, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Thank God. Amen. I mean, we can rejoice in that, that we're not going to be condemned with the world. But again, uh, that doesn't mean uh, that you could just live any way you want to. Hey, you can't lose your salvation, but that doesn't mean you would have to deal with some things in this life. Right. I mean, you go out there and get into some things, you can still face uh, a judgment in this life. Uh, for those sins and have to deal consequences for those sins uh, in this life. And so uh, we're called upon to judge ourselves and do a, a checkup on ourselves as believers. The Christian is to judge himself. And the best thing to do when we, when we notice that we're getting a little bit off track or, or uh, maybe we've uh, fallen to sin or we've done something we shouldn't do, well, of course, the best thing to do is, as soon as we're, uh, the Lord convicts us about that is to, to to yield to that conviction and uh, seek God and confess that, Amen, and get that thing, uh, get that thing, uh, right with God. And uh, uh, Sister Judy told me she was teaching in her uh, uh, Bible study day about grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit. She said when she got done, man, you could have heard a pin drop. I said, I guess you grieved and quenched their spirits, Amen. <laughs> they, they didn't know what they didn't know what to say. Uh, but you know, hey. Uh, listen, uh, uh, the God wants to use us, and He does that and works through the Holy Spirit. Boy, it, we should say, man, I don't want anything in my life that would grieve the Holy Spirit, that would quench the Holy Spirit, that would that would make uh, hinder my, that would hinder my prayers, and uh, uh, hinder my ability to get a hold of a, a God, or my ability to be an effective uh, witness. Uh, uh, before others. That's what it means to walk in the fear of God. Hey, if you're truly walking in the fear of God, you know what? You're going you're gonna to be uh, uh, judging yourself. You're going to be checking up uh, on yourself and make sure that your heart and mind and, and will is all uh, uh, where, where it should be. You know, again, when we think of that fear of God, I'm glad, hey, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to be afraid of God. I'm glad God's not waiting for me to mess up so he can, you know, take something and knock me across the head. But I walk in the fear of God in the sense that I I love my God and I reverence my God. And the fear is that there would be anything in my life, amen, that would affect that fellowship, right? And affect me having that close, uh, intimate relationship. Uh, that I want to have with my Lord, and so to do that, Amen. That's why I gotta stay in this book. I gotta stay uh, uh, in this mirror. You know, I mean, if you somebody, if you saw somebody showed up and their hair was all messed up and their clothes were all this and that and everything, you said, "Man, uh, didn't you look in the mirror before you came?" Well, yeah. Well, yeah, you did, but you must have not done much about what you saw. <laughs> amen. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we're supposed to look in here. That's why God gave us this mirror, right? So we can look and say, oh, man, yeah, oh, my reaction wasn't too good the other day. Oh, my attitude uh, the other day wasn't too uh, uh, good about that. Oh, man, I, I should have turned that off a little quicker. I should have, you know, uh, walked away from that situation a little bit quicker or uh, or uh, 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 turned the radio off a little bit quicker, whatever the case is, amen, and uh, uh, that I might uh, uh, be, be careful and uh, keep my life where it should be. And so God calls on us, speaking of judgment, to judge ourselves as believers. But we also know one day as believers, we're gonna face another judgment. We are, you know, we don't get off scot-free. Thank God we don't have to face the great white throne judgment, but we do have the judgment seat of Christ. And a couple places talk about that. Romans 14, Romans 14 says this, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, think about that, man. You know, some of us are going to have to give uh, an account in in different layers, if you will, or different positions. I mean, uh, it's bad enough. One, I got to give account for myself as Jeff Stewart. That's bad enough that's probably where I'll get in the most trouble, right? Then I got to give account, right? As a a, a husband steward, right? I got to give account for that. Then I'm going to have to give account as a a daddy steward, give account for that. And then I have to give account as pastor steward and that, man, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of uh, 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 things. So, you know, uh, uh, to have to give an account for it. Boy, so that's why you'd say, hey, man, I want to I want to make sure that, you know, I keep a short account and keep things uh, uh, right and uh, that I don't have anything. That's why, listen, uh, if, if I feel something in my heart against anybody, I try to immediately pull that thing back and get try to get it right as quick as, as quick as I can. Amen. I don't want anything in my heart as an individual. I don't want anything in my heart against anybody in my family. I don't want anything in my heart against uh, uh, anybody in the church. So be nice to me. Okay. So I won't get anything in my heart, right? <laughs> no. But we want to be careful. We're going to give an account one day. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, 1 Corinthians three thirteen through 15 says, every man's work shall be made manifest. It's gonna be made manifest. You say, "Well, I didn't do that." In the open, listen. Everything is open in the before God, right? Hey, uh, you can you can flip the lights off, and that doesn't affect God. Amen. He sees it. God has great night supervision vision, right? He 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 invented that. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day. The day. Amen. The day that's coming shall declare it. It shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. We've talked about that before, of what sort it is. Hey, great if he did it, but what of what sort is it? You know, if any man's work abide, which he hath built there upon, he receive reward. Amen. But if any man's work shall be burned. He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I mean, what grace. Even if we get out there and we just sort of blew our Christian life, we're still going to make it. That's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, But that'd be, a, that'd, be a, that'd be a sad thing to get up there and not have anything to say, oh, where'd you get all that? Oh, well, I got that in my 30, 40 years service for God. Want to have something to, uh, to, you know, we 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 travel, you think? So there you go. Don't you love to go to people's homes and say, "Oh man, where'd you get that? Where'd you get? Oh, I picked that up along the way, and I got this there." I mean, I like things. Uh, you know, almost everything I, I have has a, has a story to it. Hey, man, got to be careful because I I get tell I talk to people and I get telling stories because everything has a story attached to it. I like that way. But hey, we want we want that, amen. We you know we're in our mansion and we have our de- display room, so to speak. Now we got to give the mansions back, but hopefully we get to keep the rewards, right? So we'll have a display place maybe in the the people come over together. He said, oh man, I, I, I got that. I was, a, I was a member of Choice Hills Baptist. I was faithful there. And I, I got this over here, serving the Lord. And I got that serving. The Lord. Boy, that'd be a wonderful thing to be able to share those things. And uh, boy, that'd be a bad thing if somebody came over and you would not have a display case, so to speak, not bragging on yourself, but hey man, in your service for the Lord. If uh, any man's work shall be earned, he shall be saved as by fire. So now remember, though, the good thing is this judgment is not about where we spend eternity. That's settled. But it's about how we spent our life as believers here on earth. Again, of what sort our service was. You know, have we been faithful to him? Have we served him out of a heart of love? and devotion. In other words, would we have been just as faithful if nobody else in the church knew that we did that thing or nobody else on earth did that thing? We still would have done it faithful because it was all about pleasing Him. Did we die to self, amen, and seek His glory uh, through our through our lives? Well, we're going to find out one day, hey, thank God you did this, this, and this, but how much of it was truly out of a pure heart and simply for Him. Whether you whether you ever got uh, a reward, whether you ever got recognition for it here on earth, whether uh, anybody in the church, again, uh, uh, knew uh, that you did it, or just, hey, He was watching the whole time. That's why I like that verse, the faithful and true witness. You know, I think about Uh, All those in other countries that are suffering and and going through things, amen? And they think nobody on the outside knows they're there, but he's watching it all. He knows, he knows what you've uh, done in his name. Then finally, of course, we come to that great judgment, which it's referring to here. It says again, to reserve the unjust into the day of judgment to be punished. One day there's going to be a great white throne Judgment! And all these people, the the Hitler, Stalin, all these down through the ages, amen, they're all going to be judged. The Bible says this, uh, turn over to Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, and we see this great event written down in these verses, Revelation chapter 20. And amazing, he saw this already. It says, Revelation 20, verse 11, I saw a great white throne. Amen. And why was it white? Because it was pure. (laughs) It shined forth the pureness and holiness of God. I don't think it was just uh, the color white. I think it was. Amen. it, 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 uh, it, It was representing his pureness and his holiness. And him that sat on it from whose faith the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Oh, listen, uh, the world needs to know. I don't, doesn't matter what they've done. Played, there's no place to hide from God. The world needs to know that, amen? Whether it's in the deepest uh, 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 concrete jungles of the city or uh, the deepest uh, 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 jungles of Africa and the Amazon, there's no place to hide from God. They found no place for them. There's no place that they can hide from God. It says, "I saw the dead, small and great. Boy, that one out in the middle of nowhere that nobody's ever heard of to the most uh, 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 well-known uh, vile sinner that ever lived. They're all going to stand before God, there's Hitler, there's Stalin, uh, uh, there's Pol Pot, uh, uh, there's uh, uh, Ben uh, uh, Laden. and there's that notorious Sil, they're all right there standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things. Not, Not just those that were dead physically, but those that were dead because they were lost. They'd never been born again. They were dead judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. in verse 14, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. But I remember when I, when I was a young Christian and uh, uh, one of the first times I talked to Jehovah Witness and, you know, they don't believe in hell. And he said, oh, well, what about this verse? If there's a hell, how's it being cast in the lake of fire? And I, you know, I didn't understand that verse. Now I understand. You know, uh, you have to remember, a lot of times when you preach, you can't sit there and explain everything, right? We say, well, people are going to be in hell forever, well, really, you know what? People aren't going to be in hell forever. The truth is, people are not going to be in hell. If, you're, if you really got technical, people are not going to be in hell forever, okay? They're not going to be in hell forever. Why? Why aren't they going to be in hell forever? Somebody tell me why they're not going to be in hell forever. Yeah. Right, because hell is in the center of the earth. Now, it's a bottomless pit. Why? Because the earth's round right? Show me the bottom of a, of a uh, you know, a, 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 a circle, right? I mean, you know, it's always, you know, it's always moving, right? The earth's always moving. And I, I believe that people are in hell and they're just tumbling around as the earth, as the earth moves. I, I, I believe that. I believe hell is in the center of the earth. And so one, guy, one day, God is going to destroy uh, uh, this earth and he's going to create a new heaven and earth, all right? And it's going to be good. There's no going to be no sin, Uh, 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 there and everything. He's going to make it uh, 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 good. So what's he have to do? He has to, all those sinners, that doesn't mean they get set free. Huh? That's not going to get free to sit in Los Angeles, right? We're not going to set everybody free, right? Uh, no. Uh-uh. He's, got, he's got to have another place to put them there. Wherever, I don't know where that lake of fire is going to be, but it says death and hell were cast They are going to be judged forever. They are going to be tormented forever. The Bible says, so really, when, you, when you're when just sort of saying people are going to be in hell forever, what you're really saying is they're going to be tormented forever. They're going to be judged for their sin forever. They're going to be judged for rejecting Christ forever. They are going to suffer, right, uh, forever. So uh, you need to be able to explain that, though. And death and hell, right, all the contents of hell are going to be cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire, right? Because there's some people that, are gonna, that, that, that aren't gonna uh, uh, go through how, how God's gonna deliver those people that are alive at the end of uh, uh, the millennial reign, all those things, right? They're gonna be brought up. And so they're gonna be cast into the lake of fire and their judgment is gonna begin. Whosoever was not found will be cast in the lake of fire. This is the great judgment of the unbelievers, the lost. And you know what? And the thing is, we're gonna be watching that. We need to remember, we're going to be watching that. We're going to see people that we could have witnessed to. Oh, I guess I don't want to start thinking about it. We're going to see some of our loved ones. It's going to be, listen, listen, this this will be a sad time. You know what? And I, I, I believe that when we're watching this, I believe there's going to be tears. You know, the Bible does not say there will be no tears in heaven. The Bible doesn't say that, and I know we say it again when we're preaching. We say because in the long run of things, there's no not going to be tears in heaven. But at the beginning of this thing, there's going to be some tears in heaven. Because listen, uh, uh, God's going to let you see people that you could have witnessed to, or or whatever the case might be. Listen, when you're standing before Christ at the judgment, I believe there's going to be tears there. When you see some of the things that, well, you're, you're, you're right, the Lord, I, I, I did that, hoping I'd get a pat on the back. I didn't really do that for you, whatever the case is. You see that, bro? Listen, there will be, I believe there will be. This will be a sad time. I believe there will be tears. But thank God, in His grace, He's going to wipe them away. This is what it says. Revelation 21, 4, it says it in another place, too. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Well, you can't wipe away a tear if it's not there. Right, you know, just like your, you know, when your little child comes up to you, <laughs> mommy, <laughs> what do you do? Right, you reach over, mama reaches over. Dad, he don't want to feel your rough hands. He wants to feel mama's soft hands wipe that tear away. Right, you know, we just wipe that tear. And one day, God's gonna, in His grace, even though we're gonna have to see some of those things and remember some of those things, God in His grace, I believe, is gonna wipe that from our memory or something, and He's gonna take those tears away but we're going to have to go through that. So remember that there will be have to be some tears to be wiped away. What a sad day that will be. So again, this will not determine where they go. All will go to the lake of fire. But here's something we also need to realize, just what part of it they will go to, to what degree will their punishment be? You know, I don't think it's clear how all this works. How there's going to be different degrees there, but somehow there is. Look over, and I thought this was interesting in Luke chapter 12. It sort of made me think. You know, people say, "Well, what about the people?" You know, on these faraway islands. I think this is kind of interesting thought here. Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 46. It says this. The Lord of the servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him a portion with what? The unbelievers. And that servant, look at this, that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. I I believe that's a, a, a lost person that had opportunity that have opportunity, that heard the truth, I, right? But look at this, but verse four, but he that knew not and did and did commit things for these stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given to him shall be much required. To whom men have committed much of him, they shall ask the more. So it talks about those that had more knowledge, many more stripes, those that had less knowledge, few stripes. I don't know, I can't explain that. Maybe there's people smarter than me, maybe they know, I don't know. I didn't really explain it right there. But it seems like there seems to be something there. I don't know. But you see, when people ask me that, listen, uh, just because you, you don't think you have to be able to answer everybody's question. You know? Speak where the Bible speaks, be silent where the Bible's silent, right? And then when you say, just listen, say, all I know, listen, I, I can't really explain all, explain all that to you, to the last detail. I can give you some large, you know, brush strokes on it. Some things I can't really take to the last you, but I know this. This is what I do know. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I know that God is holy and just, and everything he does is right. And whether it's somebody that's going to get many stripes or few stripes, nobody Nobody is going to be cast in the lake of fire and be going, what am I doing here? They're going to know exactly why they're there. And they're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord before they get before they it's going to be too late before they can, They're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father and know that they are guilty to whatever degree they are guilty before a holy God and are worthy of the judgment of that holy God. Now, we're going to know we're worthy of that holy judgment, but by his grace, we've been saved, amen, and we accepted it and believed it, so we're not going to have to face that. But nobody is going to go there not understanding why they're there and not agreeing with the fact that they deserve to be there. Of course, they're not going to want to be there, but they're going to understand it. God and, and and Jesus Christ gave warning while He was upon the earth. Matthew 11, Matthew 11, uh, speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah, look at what it says about them in, in, in Matthew 11. Jesus said this Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethesda, for if the mighty works which were done in you, Had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Verse twenty-two. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Look, more tolerable. So there's some degree there. I don't know how that works, but God makes it clear there's some type of degree. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. Now listen to this statement. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee, right? Uh, I, I, I don't, check it out. Maybe over half of his, or a great percentage of, of Christ's miracles on earth were done in Capernaum, right? For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. What an amazing statement. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment. Than for thee. What an amazing thing. Now we 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 get down on the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah and we we get down on of course the homosexual and everything that was going on there. But he said, you know what? You had God Himself standing in the midst of your village and doing wonderful things, and you rejected him. And it's gonna be more, more tolerable for them than it is for you. And you know what? I think if, if we brought this this these statements up today, you know what? God, Greenville could be put in there. Greenville could be... God could say about Greenville, if the mighty works which have been done in thee, Greenville had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, it will remain unto this day. Greenville like Capernaum, is going to have a lot to answer for. This is, for many years, considered the buckle of the Bible Belt, and there's going to be a lot to answer for in Greenville, South Carolina, for what has been going on, especially about the the, the last uh, uh, 10 years in this city. Now, think about this. I think one one of the... Now, here's the thing. We thank God that we're Americans, amen? And I thank God I was born in this country, But you know what? If you're lost, as far as the lost are concerned, I believe this. One of the worst nations you could go to judgment from is America. One of the worst nations you could go to judgment from if you're lost is America. Because since its founding, there's been so much light and biblical knowledge and opportunity. And so I think those Americans, we read over that in Luke, they would fall among those that, that, that had knowledge and rejected it, that had opportunity and turned away. Listen, most Americans that reject the Lord Jesus Christ are going to face many stripes one day because nobody in the last, especially a couple hundred years has had opportunity and the grace of God poured on it like the nation of America like the nation of America. Let's finish up. Amos 4.12 says this. As we finish up, listen, therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. That's why it's so important that we continue to preach, prepare to meet thy God, and that we continue to say, not just to the lost, prepare to meet God, but to the believers. That's a message to believers, prepare to meet the God. We need to prepare to meet God. We need to warn others to prepare to meet God. Everyone will meet God one day for sure. But here's the thing, whether prepared or unprepared, everyone is going to meet God one day. Whether at the judgment seat of Christ, thank God, prepared or unprepared, the great white throne judgment. But thank God in His mercy, He knows how to deliver the godly of temptation that we don't have to face that uh, great tribulation, and then that final judgment. But again, that doesn't mean we're scot-free. And we need to take heed to the areas where we need to be warned about judging ourselves and and preparing for the judgment seat of Christ as well. So may the Lord help us to be thankful that we are among the believers, but also to be prepared, amen, for what we have to face as well. So, So help us to be thankful, prepared, and doing what God has called us to do upon this earth. Because... Judgment Day is coming. Let's pray.